0: Hey there, this is Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Roger Cunningham. In 2017, Roger and his best friend launched their own product company called Ginger Tree Innovations. He also launched his own digital marketing firm, Ginger Up Media, which works with local Colorado lifestyle brands like Liberty Skis, Weston Snowboards, Comedy Works, Boone Mountain Sports, and Crazy Mountain Brewery, just to name a few. In 2019, after working with Mountain Primal Meat Company initially as Ginger Up Media client, he was asked to come on full-time to initially run their email marketing and platform management. He recently was promoted to Director of Digital Marketing and now oversees all of their online strategy. Roger has also taught several digital marketing courses at Colorado Free University in Denver. Additionally, he does stand-up comedy, and he recently opened up for Kevin Farley, who is Chris Farley's brother, just last December. Roger, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, Kitty. Glad to be here.
0: So let's start back at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us where you grew up and, and what your life was like growing up.
1: Oh, man. I grew up in Texas, so I still, I think, living in between New York and Colorado after school. I think it kind of, my twang went away a little bit, but yeah, I uh, grew up in East Texas. I grew up in Longview, Texas. Our claim to fame is, that's where Matthew McConaughey grew up, <laughs> so, so that's kind of cool, and then I went to the University of Texas at Austin, and so I, I was uh texas boy yep hook'em horns <laughs> i was a texas boy um true and true and then yeah a little bit about me growing up but just grew up as an out lots of fishing lots of outdoor stuff the normal texas stuff that you do and barbecue is life <laughs> and, and yeah it was great it was a good you know i had to really enjoy going to the university of texas austin is It's too hot for me now. I've just, I've been spoiled by Colorado and living up north, but I love Austin and I love to get back there. Actually, Ginger Tree Innovations is based out of Driven Springs uh, down south, just south of Austin. So I get down there quite a bit, but yeah, that's a little bit about where I grew up.
0: So how do you think that your upbringing impacted your eventual career and professional journey?
1: Oh, well, I grew up in a pretty funny household. I grew up in a we were really lighthearted and we, my brothers were hilarious. I mean, sometimes at my expense, but I'm the youngest of five. So we just, it, it I think, I don't know, we all grew up. We can talk to, we've never met a stranger. So I think that kind of impacted, it just made sense for me to go into like, like a sales marketing role. it was, you know, looking back on it, I was kind of bound to fall into those things. And I'm kind of, I'm a nerd at heart as well. So the marketing the analytics and the analytics digital marketing and all of that stuff just kind of made sense for me because I've always kind of been into that stuff and it's funny I was an English major so I always joke about it I'm like well that's how I got into email marketing <laughs> but uh, it has nothing to do with it but it uh, I think growing up in Texas it's kind of I grew up in a really friendly atmosphere a very funny atmosphere you know all of my friends we were just a bunch of jokesters and I was voted wittiest in my high school So I've always been kind of class clown. So I was just kind of outgoing and it just kind of made sense. So sales and marketing and partnerships and all of that stuff always kind of just went along with my personality.
0: Take us through your career journey a little bit. Uh, Tell us a bit where you started out and some of the different professional stops that you've taken along the way.
1: Yeah, it's been a... (laughs) It, actually where i am now it's just funny i was talking about this recently with uh, for me to be where i am now took a long time to get there cuz i this is a marketing podcast so one thing to know about getting into marketing if someone's listening to get into marketing is it's not always it's not an easy road to really get into especially if you're making a transition from sales so i just a little walk down memory lane for me is i started my sales career In college, I was fully on track to, I wanted to go to law school when I went to the University of Texas. So an English degree made perfect sense there, but I actually got involved with a program, the Southwestern program. And I sold books door to door, out of state every single summer to pay my way through school, uh, which is a really cool program. I got college credit. It's a lot of it's just a program and you sell for 100% commission. So it sounds insane. That's a whole different conversation, but that's kind of how I got my start in the sales. And I mean, it's grassroots literally knocking on doors, creating rapport with people that you never met in your life. And it just, I mean, you have to learn pretty quick. And I did it for five summers, took a couple of extra years to graduate so I could pay my way through school. And I did it the fun way, I guess. But that's kind of where I got my start. And from there, after I graduated, I kind of went into a, a sister company. I was a director, a state director for an insurance company for five years. And, you know, all of those sales skills applied over to that. And I did very well with that. But it ultimately, it wasn't, it, I knew it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do in life. And that going back to that, I've always been a fan of comedy. I've always been a jokester, always been a class clown. And I took a huge leap, and I just i I moved to New York City with no job, no prospect of a job, just my residuals from my insurance company and I took a stab at stand-up comedy. I had a, oh God, I had so much fun in New York City, and we were producing shows and doing all kinds of different things, and it did actually a pretty tight-knit community in in New York City, so got to meet some really cool people. Doing it, but obviously it doesn't exactly pay the bills. I won fifty dollars one time for in a stand-up comedy contest. But now, but I was able to through comedy and through just being able to meet people, I quickly networked and I was recruited by a company called Zocdoc, which is like for a long time was the sweetheart online startup for New York City. It, and I was the sixty fourth employee, I believe. And I mean, when I started, we had a corner office in Soho. And then when I, by the time I left, we had about 700 plus employees and it was just an insane valuation. So it was, I got my, that's where I got into tech. So that took me, I learned, I saw like the coolest stuff, you know, just the innovation and it's just the vibe was exciting. So I was like, this is kind of where the space that I like, this is really cool. Everything's headed this way. So I try to keep this short as short as I can, but then I moved. I have a passion for the ski industry uh, and skiing and everything. So I got to a point to where I didn't know anyone walking down the halls of Doc. I love the company. I love everything they were doing. I love the people I work with, but just got to a point where I was looking for another change. So I moved to Colorado and I studied ski and snowboard marketing and steamboat at Colorado Mountain College. And I worked in the industry and it was I had a blast. I skied my face off. I worked my tail off for different ski companies and just loved every minute of it. Um, Learned the ins and outs of production all the way down. So it was just exactly what I love to do. But I still have that tech kind of in the back of my, that's what I really like to do as well as the tech side of it. So I got a call from New York again to come back to put back in sales and sales and marketing for uh, develop a web development firm. And so it's like, yeah, that sounds great. So moved back and we ran a really cool, super creative boutique firm called Night Owl Interactive. And we were doing some really cool stuff, you know, making some skunk work stuff, uh, projects and deep application work for like Spotify and American Red Cross and was able to pull into some big accounts and learn the operations side of all of that, which I had a great time doing and I love doing it. But I think I kind of knew that I wanted to shift into like more of the marketing side, because I loved building things, but it was more about, for me, it got to be like, okay, now we've built this beautiful thing. How do we get it out to the masses? How do we promote this? And how do we get people to look at it and use it? So I took another step and I went to NYU and I got my certification. In digital marketing from New York University, NYU, and that was so cool because the professors were big-time CMOs and marketers for big firms as well as like large brands. So that was really cool. So I went all the way through that, that, and all of this, I met the my life, and I married, and we had both kind of hit. I was itching to get back to Colorado, <laughs> and she was kind of in New York. You hit most people will hit kind of their timeline and they're like, I need to go. It's time to go. And it's usually during the winter too. It's just terrible. So we made the decision and we moved back to Colorado. I gave up my partnership with Nine Elves and they're still thriving. They're doing well. And I moved back and I kind of worked, was pushing very, very hard to get into the digital marketing space as an actual marketer, not as a sales person, but as a marketer. But that's a difficult transition that, to make sometimes. So I worked as a sales executive for some web development firms and some mobile marketing here in town, as well as some uh, a digital marketing firm. And I was doing mostly sales and a little, I would sneak in a little bit of implementation, which uh, when I got to do it, and I love doing that stuff. But finally, I just kind of, I was really going after that marketer role, true marketer role. And anyone that's tried to make that transition can probably understand it. It's just not automatic. It's like, okay, you understand sales, but I don't see the marketing side of it. So I said, screw it. I'm going to go out on my own and a buddy of mine, my best friend since middle school, called me up and wanted to really launch an idea that he had for an underground tree stake. I had no idea. I didn't even He had to explain it to me. I was like, what are you talking about? This is insane. So he did. And I was like, that's really kind of, that's pretty brilliant. I don't know anything about the landscape industry, but I do know marketing and I know how to It'd be cool. So we built the brand just on the side for a while. We just built the idea. We're both vibrant redheaded people. So we we always embrace the ginger. So we that we named the company Ginger Tree Innovations. We know ginger is not a tree. It's just kind of funny. And it turns out it's an awesome icebreaker because when we meet them in person, they're like, oh, okay, I get That's it.
0: That's where ginger comes <laughs> from. All right.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's where it comes from. And then so we created that from the ground up, literally just the name, the logo. He's a graphic designer as well and a landscape architect. So we had kind of those things going for us. And that was just really cool. I mean, we we got some funding, a little bit of funding from my tech experience. I kind of knew a little bit about going after that. And we built this this physical net. And we were just patented a couple of days ago, literally. So that's been a three-year journey, but we're able to, now we're a profitable company with our product. We're in a lot of uh, commercial projects and things. So, but it was kind of just, I mean, it was really a fashion, but it was like a project. It was like, um, let's see if we can do this. Like, and let's prove these marketing chops and these innovation chops. And we did. And it's been cool. And from that kind of stem, like we were like, you know, I had a lot of people from my background in skis and, you know, just in general that were constantly asking me to help them out with their marketing, their digital side. So we also branched off and did Ginger Up media and we turned that into a brand literally the logo is my face and my business partner's hair so it's another play on ginger and got to work with some really cool brands we you know I was doing exactly what I love to do we were in the outdoor space we're working with comedy works which insanely awesome organization I love them to death and then some breweries I'm a big beer drinker I love love making beer and
0: all of the uh, brands that you work with is are, are definitely from our conversation, brands that have an interest in, you know, snowboard, skiing, comedy and yep. beer. So <laughs> that's pretty great to be able to it, work it, for companies that you have a passion Exactly.
1: Of. It helps too, because on the marketing side, I kinda we made I made a conscious decision when I did switch over and I kinda took control of that career path. I was like, I, I really only want to work with something that I can understand and have a passion for and on a daily basis I can I do want to learn more about it you know it's not that I don't work for some widget that I just don't understand or don't care to understand. So it helps when it it all comes out in the end. it comes out in the marketing it comes out if we make a do a video for them or if we're that's kind of the decision we made and that's what we rolled with and kind of brings me up to the present somewhat. I, one of our clients was Mountain Primal Meat Company. I'm also a huge, I mentioned barbecue earlier. I've always, my dad is a, for, it was a butcher for 40 years. Uh, my brother's in meat processing. Like it, it's just kind of been our family. It's just barbecue is life in Texas. And I, I'm a amateur smoker, I guess. I'm smoking ribs as we speak right now, seriously, on my Traeger. But yeah, and I met John and the guys out at Mountain Primal through a former coworker, and we did a video project for him. And I actually went out to the ranch with Ginger Up and my team, my video team, and went up, went out there and met the guys and I just absolutely fell in love with the whole organization, you know, the the ranch, how they were doing, how they were raising the animals, just everything about it. And not long after we did the video project, they needed someone to come on and take on some digital marketing things. And so we talked about it and I just Kind of made the decision. I was like, "This is really cool. This company is doing everything right in my book, as far as like on the marketing side, taking risks, building a brand, and has a story." And started out just doing their email marketing and their platform management, meaning kind of just handling their website and any platforms that we built on that came in, kind of vetting them, and then kind of worked, just worked hard, and kind of started getting my hands in other things. And earlier. This spring, I was uh, promoted to the digital marketing, director of digital marketing, and now all of the, every aspect of the online stuff is all me. So it was a long road to get there from a sales guy to director of digital marketing, but it's, I don't know how to say it. I'm living my best life doing exactly what I love to do on a daily basis. So in my office, when I go out to the, you know, obviously we're all working from home a lot right now, but. When I go out to my office out there, I'm on a ranch. I'm looking at this beautiful land. I'm Crown Mountain in the background is right outside of Aspen. But I'm plugging away on the computer. But at the same time, it's just, it's it's really cool what we do. So, but yeah, I, I know that's a long journey to get here, but that's my story.
0: Well, and I think that having that background in sales definitely opens up your eyes to more of the marketing aspect, because especially in digital marketing, you all the different marketing that you're doing while you're still trying to develop the brand and develop the community and develop the voice, it still is great to, if you have a sales background to know that I need to put out this type of message so that people will click learn more or click buy now.
1: <laughs> 100%. It all kind of just ties together. That the sales background is you know why people buy, you know the buying line, You know you know where to get them and you understand that the funnel, I guess. And it really kind of puts the funnel, the marketing funnel into perspective because I can think back and you can, it all kind of ties down to, to just that buying line and how you have to get them there. I mean, online is a little slower and a little bit of a different process, but it is kind of the same. It's very similar.
0: You know, and I want to talk a little bit about where you started with your current position. You started just with email and Mm -hmm. it's such an important part of marketing to have a strong email presence because you're getting right into people's inboxes. And these are people that have given you permission to get into their inboxes. Whereas with social media, you're just kind of putting the message out there, hoping you're getting the right someone that's interested, especially if you're doing a, an right. ad campaign. But this way, when you're going directly through email, you have people that have said, yeah, you can get in touch with me. Talk to us a little bit about having a strong email newsletter or strong email presence for your company.
1: It's night and day. And... I have a, I mean, it's close to my heart because I I just love it. I see how powerful it is, like following guys like Ryan Dice and those guys that I've learned from, you know, through all these trends, it can make or break a company. It literally can. It can take you to that, or it can take you to that next level. But we started... When I started Mount primal there was a small bit there, but we really just beefed it up. That's why they brought me on. And it's made a world of difference. And it's really about, and it takes a while. It's patience. It's a game of patience. But it's also, there's, you've got to come at it from different ways. And uh, you have your different ways of gathering your emails. You have, but you have to have, and we can go into strategy if we'd like to, but uh, the the, it's really made the- yeah. So basically you start out and you have to come at it from different ways because it's all about traffic. Because if you're going to, if you're going to gain these emails, you have to have a very tight funnel. You can't really, you mentioned before the call the kind of those tips of the trades. Yeah. I'm always thinking about that funnel and people start out, you, you have your funnel, your awareness, and then your consideration and then, and then your conversion. But on the sides of that funnel when you start out you have lots of little holes where people are just slipping out here, slipping out here, slipping out here. And the way I kind of think about it is you're, you know, okay, I'm going to set up my Facebook pixel to track them when they come so I can retarget. You're slapping on some seal right there and you're covering that hole. Then you're like, okay, I'm going to do some smart pop-ups on my website on these pages with this offer. Okay, I'm going to slap that. Or in general, up here, maybe you're just doing a pop-up. (laughs) <laughs> just one pop-up with an offer, you're going to cover a hole right there. So we've done, basically, we've one thing that I did when I came in as far as the email marketing goes is I found all those little holes and I just patched them. It's like, okay, we're going to have, first, we're going to start out with just a pop-up. So when they show up to the site, you have to have an offer. So we offered a couple of different things and we, you know, we we've tried a lot and a lot of it is that's it's trial and error. You know, you could start out with a percentage. We'll give you ten percent off of your first order. We'll give you to join our email list. Or you can start out with a product like us, you know, maybe we'll give you a free ground, free pack of ground beef. But you always have to have some kind of offer there. And then down further down the line, depending on what kind of company you are, you can also offer like we have things down the line that we want to do, like a cookbook. We want to do an online ebook. So that has our main go to right now really has been our discount for our product because a lot of the people that are coming to the site, of course, everybody wants a little bit of a discount. Doesn't take very much to do. So driving that traffic, the first thing they see and they see it a couple of times. I see it on the side. So you got to make, I think first part of the strategy is you got to put it out there. And a lot of people see pop-ups as annoying and all of that, but it's a necessity. I think if you're not doing it, you're really dropping the ball. I mean, allow a very simple, easy out of that pop-up. Don't make it annoying and make it set your timers and set your strategically. And if you're going to do, you know, allow that right there and allow them to stay on the page as well. Second strategy on that is not just gathering those emails, but we also have run ads for traffic. You know, we've run a retargeting ads, Google AdWords, as well as through our Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff. So, and the, the beauty of that is that if you have all of, you're not losing anyone in the mix. So either we're going to get you as a, a customer, uh, an email subscriber, or we can get back in front of you, or we're going to get you with an ad a little bit later, but we're going to stay in front of you. But as far as the email goes, we treat you like gold once we get you. So that has been our key to success. And I think the biggest thing that gathering emails, you can do it a lot of different ways. You should do it the right way, pop-up offers. We have had some branded giveaways. Giveaways are are good but they come with their cost as well because if they're the people that are subscribing for certain reasons but we were able to kind of put all of that together we run our google ads also have an email so anywhere and everywhere you see us you can sign up for our email and get either a discount or get something so we've been able to really leverage that but also when we get you we treat you like gold you have an in-doc series that we subscribe to so we have basically three, uh, we call it three days of Christmas. You know, when, when you come in and you sign up for us, that you're going to get an email telling you all about us, everything about us. We're going to give you a discount, a special discount at the end of your email, but it, it really indoctrinates you into who we are and what we believe. And it tells you about the company, the second email. And then we tell you exactly what you can expect the second email that you get. And we let you know tomorrow for the next two days, you're going to get another email and they're each going to have their own little gifts in them. And so the next day we send more videos that kind of hopefully they watched and shows them a little bit more about the ranch, shows them a little bit more about John, our founder, and shows them more about like our, again, our beliefs on our, on our animals and how we treat them and all of that good stuff. And then we offer another discount to different products. So maybe they're into pork, maybe they're, they're beef or maybe their merch you know who knows and then with the last one is more of a short and sweet and it it, for us marketers out there what that also does is it kills two birds with one stone it it, is the engagement as far as gmail goes it gets you it gets us immediately out of their spam folder so once they click and they engage with those emails because there's a lot of stuff in there two we're bouncing around to our social media we have a pretty quickly growing social media following So we're bouncing them around to there and they get rewards for going there as well. Also, it's just, again, they just really, there's no doubt about it, who we are and what we stand for. And I think people appreciate that. And then we don't bombard them. We send one email a week. We pepper in. Sometimes that's going to be about a promotion, but sometimes it's just about uh, D-Day. It could be about a military. We support our troops. We're very patriotic. So it could be about... What D Day is about, what Memorial Day is about, or it could be just a recipe for working with our meat, like um, a breakfast recipe or something like that. So I think the key is gathering those emails the right way, several different ways, diversify the way you do it. But also, once you get them, treat them like gold. Don't waste the opportunity and just hit them with promotions every single week.
0: And I think that you brought up a lot of good points with your strategy here, and that one, you're you're building a story. So you're letting people know about more about the brand, more about the founders, more about what your company is passionate about, letting them kind of have, feel a part of the the company, feel a part of that brand and have loyalty. So you're building brand loyalty. And then it's also great because you're consistent with your emails. Like, oh, well I know mm-hmm. every Wednesday I get an email so it might be, maybe it's a discount, I need to order some food, but I, I have to make sure I open it because it could be that, uh, you know, that email with the okay. discount. So you're, right, you're getting people to open up your emails and be expecting it. And like you said, it, it could just end up being a, a story about, about D-Day, but it could also be that 20% off offer for your loyal newsletter subscribers. And it's also, right. you, I think that a lot of companies and brands might not even be aware of this, but you can enter in your email list into Facebook ads and Instagram ads. So you can retarget people yep. who are already on your email list through a certain ad. So it's just another way to get in front of people that are right. already interested in your product.
1: Exactly. It's just staying, on, it's staying in front of them. And another, just another piggyback on all that on the email stuff is like that's the initial, but we have, if you look at our whole strategy, it looks like a storyboard from like Homeland or something, because we really do segment because we also want to stay, we want to keep the right information in front of the right people. I think segmentation is super important because there's one thing to have an email plan and then to have an actual strategy. And like, if you're a, I always use the example, if you're an exercise company, you have endurance sports and you have strength. And if you're always shoving endurance sports down the strength people's throat and that's all the information you give, you're really missing the boat there. So we have a lot of different strategies, too, like as far as, you know, some people are just more pork people. Some people are more beef people. So segmenting by that. But also there's just a ton of and we could talk about this for hours, but there's like a ton of little things that go a long way with email marketing. Like we have. Thank you emails that are segmented by your first order, your second order, and your third order. So they're just different. It's a different message. We have, you know, six month anniversary emails that are just out of nowhere are going to, you know, give you a discount for being a loyal customer. So it's a lot of different things that go into into uh, the follow up through, it's you know, and then follow. we have a, a review email that we get really good feedback from our review email. Like we're just like, and we're putting it out there. We're like, Hey, here's the link to review us on Google. Here's a link to review us on Facebook. But even if you don't want to do that, just send us a, a message back yeah. on what you think, you know, and we get I mean, a you lot of true real time Right. Yeah. And it's like, and is it, it's mostly good, but the bad is just as good and valuable to receive as the good. Like if someone has a problem with shipping, most of the time, it's not our fault, but at the same time we can address it and we can.
0: You might not uh, even know that there was a problem.
1: Yeah, it's, it's exactly, exactly. And so it's another way, but we have a ton of those emails that are constantly kind of going out. But every time, the way I look at it, every single time, whether it's a shipping notification or a delivery notification, that is a chance to be in front of your customer. And then once your customer, you know, if you're not following up with your customers within a week or so of getting their product, so the time they order is usually the happiest you're going to have them. (laughs) you know? So, and then once they, they get the product and right after that is a follow-up, those are the the valuable time. And people really, really appreciate that. So I think setting that all up and it takes a long time, time. hiring A a a personal, you know, and if you're a solopreneur, that's really tough. It's really tough to do, but taking the time to do that and at least getting it on a good automation to where you're speaking, but at the same time to where you're replying in real time, it's invaluable. And it creates our our customer retention shot out the roof after after we implemented all of this stuff.
0: And yeah, like you brought up, it it's a very long process to get all of that set up. But mm-hmm. once you have those funnels created, it'll everything is automated for the most part, you know, and, and right. it's just the, if there is something that's like a one-off of, I had a bad experience, then that's where someone from customer service needs to step in and handle it directly. So someone's not just
1: exactly sitting
0: there and sending out all these emails one by one to people. This is all an automated system. There's many right. out there. I know there's Entreport. I know there's MailChimp and Fusionsoft. What email software do you find to be the most beneficial?
1: I've used, them all like I really have I feel like I've used I have HubSpot and Infusionsoft and which is cool because they're all very expensive tools but once you kind of understand how to use them MailChimp and Constant Contact I think so I'm going to come at this a little bit different if you're a smaller for the benefit of your listeners for a smaller company that is kind of getting started with their program Constant Contact is amazing it's really it's a really solid program. It's inexpensive to where you can do most of the things that you want to do there. Now once you hit a certain level like where we are and your strategy is growing and you're it's a little more complicated and it's a, a serious web of automation have all those funnels. and triggers and <laughs> <so> yeah, <you laughs> all these funnels going everywhere and once you get there, we use Clavio, which I love Clavio. They're pretty solid with their flows. Uh, The analytics are amazing uh, that you can pull from that. You're able to kind of take the reports that you can pull and really dive into your funnels because once you have your funnel, like to your point, once you have those funnels set up, all it really is is changing the content and checking the analytics like, okay, this open rate is amazing, but this second follow-up is just I mean, it's dead in the water and it's usually a content issue. Yeah, it's usually, so go go back and fix that. But Clavio has been amazing and it's it's pricey, but at the same time, if you learn how to use it and spend the time to use it, as far as for your business, it's it'll pay for itself pretty quick. If you're really dedicated to that email program and you really have the time to do it, I would I would highly recommend. I actually, but to go back, I did love HubSpot as well. It's complicated, but it's pretty cool. But currently, I'm just absolutely in love with Calabio, and they have a huge, a great support and training, all of that, so if someone, if they really are dedicated to the email game, I highly recommend them. But just a tear down, I would contact and get the job done just very well, so.
0: Now let's just go basic for somebody who might just be getting started on their, their email campaign. Let's say they're like, I only have 20 subscribers. Do I really need to waste my time on emails? I say hands down. Yes, absolutely. Because those 20 can certainly turn into 200 very quickly. Tell us three emails that you would get started for those 20 subscribers when you're trying to kind of grow your email list and just get started with your email campaigns.
1: No. First of all, if, if, with those 20, I would do, I would 100% do a referral email. You're trying to something, a referral, you know, create a, if you're an e-commerce or whatever you are, create some kind of incentive to tell a friend, there's no better marketing than word of mouth marketing. So I would definitely start with that. It depends on where you are with them. Obviously, if they're a brand new subscriber, you have 20 brand new subscribers, you definitely want to indoctrinate them with your company and why, why you're different why do I care? You incentivize them to open every email, put your offers at the very end of the email, tell them and I, it's written right in our, at the bottom, it pays to read to the end of our emails. If it's new, I would start with some kind of indoctrination series to kind of uh, indoctrinate them, but I would also do definitely a referral email as well to set that up. I, in most I know Constant Contact is kind of cracked down on the forward. They used to have the forward tool, but I would definitely, uh, you can set up really, really easily loyalty programs if you're using Shopify or Magento or any of those guys. So I guess to take a step back from there, I would set up a loyalty program that tracks your referrals, then put those codes into an email and you'll double your emails overnight. And then that, Goes and you keep doing that as well. Loyalty programs, refer a friend. We have one that's give $25, get $25. We use io and it's, it, that works very, very well. To as far as like gathering more emails from those guys as well, stay in front of them. Don't You're not bothering them unless you're giving them useless information. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I just don't believe in, I don't want to bother their inbox. Hey, if you don't, somebody is. But just make sure your emails have substance. You know, make sure that you're not value, 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 promotion, value, 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 promotion as well. And depending on, and that varies by industry, but you have a lot of things to talk about. Hopefully you're in you enjoy the industry you're into so you can kind of uh, put things out there that are valuable to those people within what you know like us we talk about grilling we talk about different recipes we talk about you know different cuts why where does a brisket come from so things like that for us so make sure you're adding value and then you earn the right to promote to people and they'll they appreciate that i I would so i would definitely focus on that but to increase, I would definitely create some kind of incentive, a referral, a referral incentive. I would also, to increase, work with, if you're whether you're a tiny brand or you're a big brand, co-branding a giveaway, a, just a small giveaway. Everybody, something like that can definitely go along. And they're not, I wouldn't say they're always the highest valued subscriber. But at the same time, if 50% of them, you can retain 50% of them, that's a huge amount, but but once you get them in, just don't let them leave. you know, make them want to stay on your email list, you know, make them want to when they get your email make them want to open it
0: yeah
1: so i I think that answered your question, but yeah, a couple no, of different I think, ways
0: I, I think that that's I think that's great. The biggest thing people need to remem- remember is you don't want to be that person at the party who all they do is talk about themselves and then never asks, "Well, how are you doing? You want to make sure that you, exactly. If, you want to make sure that they're always part of, it's a conversation and you're giving them value. There's a reason for you to be in their inbox and they're going to enjoy either one, they're going to get something, whether it's a discount, it's a, for financials financially, or it's going to be of, of value for them because they're going to learn something. So I think that mm-hmm. that's, that's something that everybody needs to keep in mind when they are doing email campaigns. Don't just flood inboxes constantly trying to sell, Right. be in their inbox and give them that, something that they might not have known. So give them a discount, give them reason that you're there.
1: Exactly. I think a lot of people still have that stigma of email marketing is like, I'm just bothering people. But if I like to your party example, I always use the example of like a neighbor. Like if I went to my neighbor every day and I was like, hey, can I borrow your lawnmower? Hey, can I borrow? Do you have any uh, salt? You know, I'm constantly asking for stuff. He eventually he's not going to answer his door. It, you know they're not going to they're not going to want to listen to me. But if I'm like, hey, we made some extra brisket, <laughs> or hey, I you know I was mowing my lawn so I'm going to mow yours. Yeah. You know if you're starting to do those things, it's the same exact concept. Then he's yeah he's going to take my call. He's going to take my he's going to open the door. So you're not constantly trying to take something. You're giving. And I think and it that's easier said than done. But at the same time, if you take the time to do it, it pays off so much in the long run. Your email marketing will become a core piece of your revenue. So,
0: Well, Roger, I could talk email marketing with you all day. But um, <laughs> Me too. I was just think we'll have to set up another, another call for this. This has been such a great yeah. conversation. Where can we find out more about you and your businesses online?
1: Definitely our, our website, com gingerupmedia.com. GingerUpMedia Media is kind of wind down a little bit. I focus on Mountain Primal Meat. The main one I want you to go to is Mountain Primal Meat. Uh, it's just mountainprimal.com. Check us out on Instagram at, at Mountain Primal. Check us out on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. We're on all the platforms, but go to the website. Get, if you're interested in what a, what our email program looks like, just join the web, join the email program and take a look. You'll get 10% off and a couple of other goodies I won't tell you about. And unless it's you sign up, you'll know. Industry. <laughs> exactly. And you'll learn where that chuck roast comes from that you're putting in the slow cooker. We'll awesome. tell you. <laughs> awesome.
0: Thank you again so much for coming on the show today.
1: You bet. Thanks for having me anytime. I appreciate it. It's good to talk shop.
0: And if you're ready to take your social media to the next level for your small business, head over to my website and check out my free video training, The Three Biggest Mistakes Small Businesses Make with Social Media and How to Avoid Them. Discover how to make your social media marketing stand out from the crowd online. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Katie Brinkley. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.